The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, I trust you had a great Christmas weekend and that you enjoyed the time with your family. I hope you had some quality time with your family uh, uh, as, you, as you celebrated the birth of our Christ and that you also took time to share the story of who Christmas is all about. Well, guys, welcome to Exploring the Word. Jim Stanley in studio with Dr. Alex McFarlane and Brother Bert Harper. And guys, we've been talking about 12 indisputable truths. And we came through this through this outline from our friends at Tyndall uh, House and Dayspring Publishing. And it's part of the Hope and Encouragement Bible. And we still have a few more of those to give away if you want to send me an email to word at afr.net, word at afr.net, and send me your name and address. We'll take care of, of putting your name in the hat for drawing. And uh, one of the things about this is that I've mentioned before, is that it's a journaling Bible. It has room in the margins for you to do notes, for you to put down prayer requests and uh, prayer answers. And so as you're looking for toward the new year for 2022, you might start putting some of that down in the Bible and making time to say, you know, I prayed for this, I prayed for that. Well, we've talked about several things. We've talked about you are loved, you are not alone, you are known, you are important, you are forgiven, you are special, you have purpose, you are held, and now we're going to talk today about you are equipped. And I can think of no better co-host to help with this, talking about equipping folks, than Bert Harper and Alex McFarland. Good afternoon, guys. Well, it's good to be with you both. It is, and it is good to be an equipper of the saints and mm. uh yeah, I love this, and it, I think it's all built upon the other thoughts that we've been going through, these 12 indisputable truths, Jim right. and Alex. Uh, as you come to this and you find out that you have purpose, uh, you're special, you're held. Uh, and so he equips those with the ability to carry out his purpose, his will. Uh, you know, this is this is great stuff, and I think it adds to to the people who are listening, it adds hope to their arsenal saying, you mean God can use me? The answer is yes. Amen. Well, you know, we often quote Ephesians where it says, pastors, teachers, and evangelists equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And the, the word there, it's a, an interesting word. It really means built up or, or advanced. And sometimes the word is translated edified. But I know you've heard the saying, it's a little bit of a cliche, God doesn't uh, call the equipped, he equips the called. But um, when the Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, um, there's not some superhuman ability in and of ourselves, but he really does enable us. There's a lot of analogies we could use. He uh, strengthens us, he equips us, he fits us. Um, I don't want to use the word coach too much like, you know, God is our peer or something or our life coach because he's our source. He's our strength. 
He's everything. But he really does, if we allow him, he shapes us into something more than we were to accomplish more than we could. Mm. And that is amazing that he uses us. Uh, You know, we have been given talents or abilities, and we can, guess what, we can uh, educate ourselves, we can practice and improve those. He gives us those that we might use them. Have you ever heard uh, use it or lose it? Uh, I would say with what God has given us, that might not be uh, wrong in those areas. If he's given it to you, it is given to you in order to be able to use it. And and we're able ministers. Listen to this. It's in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, and it says, Who also he has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Look at that. Who has made us able or sufficient as ministers? God has given you what you need to serve, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about equipped to serve, guys. We're not talking about equipped to make ourselves feel better. We're not talking about equipped to make people admire us and say, oh, what a great job you did. No, we're equipped to serve others that they might be edified. We are edified that we might be edifying to others. Mm. It's mm. kind of like that scripture. It says we comfort one another with a comfort that we have received. We are edifying others with the edification that has been given to us. So we are equipped and we're able. You know, we know that we are equipped. We know that that Scripture equips us. We know that God uh, provides for us in times that that we can speak things that we may, you know, how we speak. Sometimes we'll we'll have a sermon ready to go, guys, and you stand up to the pulpit, and it's like that's not what I need to preach today. Mm-hmm. And you have that little quick argument with God, but God, I've worked on this all week, and God's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, hey, that's good for you. Now you want to preach my word or you want to preach your word well i think we're all pretty obedient to preach the word of the lord and so we want to equip those under our teaching but we ourselves also want to be equipped and we do that through scripture we look at second timothy 3 14 through 17 <clears throat> says but you must and by the way this speaks to why we want to preach god's word but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Now, did you catch some of that in there about why the scripture's there, why it's important? And, of course, I'm reading from the New Living Translation there. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. How do we know we're wrong unless we have a guidebook 
to go mm-hmm. by. Yeah. I mean, how do you know you've uh, measured incorrectly unless you have a ruler mm-hmm. to look at? You know, measure twice, cut once. Yeah, you better. You better. I, I have to go buy a new piece of wood. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I do an exercise when I um, I've got this um, kind of tape that I'll buy at the hardware store, and I'll ask kids. I'll say when I I'm doing a talk on the Bible being the the Word of God, mm-hmm. and I'll say, um, how many of you think you could uh, cut this three feet long a yard? And uh, I'll give them scissors. And it's funny. I've had some teenagers. That I'm like, can you estimate and get me three feet of this tape? And they're like, guarantee, guarantee. And then I, I'll have these three kids. And invariably, there'll be three different lengths. And uh, they'll say, I think mine is the right length. No, I think mine is the right length. And I'm like, well, uh, but you're all different. How can I figure out who's really right if any of you are mm-hmm. right? And the kids will be shouting, a yardstick, if you've got a yardstick. So I'll pull out a yardstick that I've got, and I'll. it's never failed. They're all three wrong. And I'm like, you thought you were right. The only way that we can figure out who's really three feet is we've got this thing called a yardstick. And I said, look, that's what the Bible is. This is our measuring stick. This is how we figure out what truth is. And we have opinions. They might be right. They might be wrong. But we really wouldn't know truth except the good Lord in his mercy has revealed truth. And there's an unchanging, dependable standard that we can consult. And it's called the Scripture. When you were talking about a tape measure, thoughts went through my brain with my wife and myself on hanging a picture. Where do we hang it? <laughs> what do we hang it on? And so I'll hold the picture up, and, and, she, and I'll say, is this in the middle? She said, I don't know for sure. She says, Bert, take the tape measure. You measure and get it in the middle. I'll say, okay, is this the right height? I want it this many inches. Well, is this the right thing? Get a tape measure and see if it's the same as the one over there. I want them right. equal. They need to be the same. And so what are you hanging your life on? Oh, you got wow. it? Yeah. What are you hanging your life on? Are you hanging it on something uncertain that you're looking at and you're thinking, okay, this is close. Okay, I think this is this is enough. No, you need the Word of God, the uh, the scriptures, Alex and uh, Jim call it the plumb line, right. you know, uh, is the plumb line. Make sure that what you're hanging your life on is stable and centered. It needs to be in Christ. You know, when we think about that and we think about how important measurements are and we think about, you know, you're talking, let's not forget if you have to hang two nails. To hang that picture. No, I, I don't like those. You know I mean? <laughs> no, I, I like the one, man. I know what you mean, though, yes. And so it's one of those things that, you know, last week we were talking about being held, and we talked about how nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Well, the same is true here, that we have to have that undeniable, unflinching faith in the Scripture that teaches what is right so that we know what's wrong in our life, but so that we don't become the picture that we find in Matthew of the splinter and the log. You know, it, we don't want it to come down to perspective. Oh, me. We don't, we don't want to be the one that's, that's looking at something else and saying, well, you know, what about this? And then you're thinking, well, I, you can't really see that. 
because what looks like a splinter here looks like a log when you get it up close. You're right. Man. And so we have to be careful. It's not perspective. It's the it's the absolute word of God. And the other thing is about hanging the picture, you know, uh, she'll say, that's in the middle. And I'll say, well, it's not on the wooden stud, you know. And I said, if I move it over two inches, I would have it on the I, I would have it in that nail or that screw would attach itself to the stud behind mm-hmm. it. And she says, I, I want it in the middle. So guess what I have to do? I have to go get one of those uh, and press it in, those little right, the wedges, yeah. Yeah, the trapper, and then screw it in to make it right, to get it right. You can't do it just because you want it over. You can't do it just because. And what God equips us to do is to be, listen to this, to be able to measure correctly. Mm. Measuring correctly is through the Word of God, and He's given us everything we need for life on this and, and, and holiness right. in this life. And it's the Word of God through the Holy Spirit, so He's given us everything we need in order to fulfill God's purpose and plan for our life. It's an exciting life when we follow it and do it His way. Amen. Uh, you know, we're in the midst of football season. We're, we're in the midst of college bowl season. And we've seen football games throughout the, you know, throughout the fall, be it collegiate, be it NFL, whichever, you know, you, but the 10 yards and the 10 yard chain that measures that, how important those measurements can be. And we'll, up short, that's right. We'll talk about that as well as equipping the Saints. As Exploring the Word continues here on American Family Radio. Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day this past weekend. We pray that you celebrated the life of Christ, that you found the babe in the manger, that you know him as the man who lived a sinless life, hung on Calvary, rose three days later, and then uh, after resurrection was raised to be with the Lord, and now we wait for his return. Those are indisputable truths. And Alex, during this study, one of the things that you've shared with us in talking about an indisputable truth, what is it? Well, indisputable truth are things that are applicable to all people at all times and all places. In other words, truth is reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people live in delusion and unreality. But absolute truth exists, and it's it's the way things really are. And I think deep in our soul, uh, despite all of our posturing and spin, people know truth is real. The question is, are we going to live in light of truth or are we going to live in light of uh, falsehoods that we cherish? Um, as the new year dawns, one of the things we might uh, do is do some soul searching. And uh, the wisest thing we could do is to recommit ourselves to live by truth. I, I've I've spent uh, time earlier in my life living um against the grain of truth. You know, life just goes so much better when we're being honest and truthful. And uh, truth begins with the one who is truth, which is Jesus. 
But, Jim, to your question, the truth is the way things really are. Truth is reality. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that Pilate, when he said, what is truth? John 18, <laughs> Was he really searching or was he... Uh, was he as being facetious a little bit? I, you know, there's a lot of differences in that, but that's the world we live in mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. What is truth? And so what we're doing is equipping, you know, we are equipped with what? Truth. Right. And that's the reason the scripture that you read first, the word of God, thy word is truth. Matter of fact, it is settled in heaven. Right. So that's where we go by. And let me just share this. Whether someone believes the Bible or not, it does not make it untruth. Right. It is truth. If I had a, and I use this, the Bible's considered the sword of the Lord, you know. If I had a real sword in my hand and you say, oh, it's not a sword, it doesn't keep it from being a sword. That's right. So the Word of God being proclaimed, being preached, uh, being used in my life, uh, I, I just want to tell you, it will go forth, as the Bible says, and it will accomplish the things that he sent it forth to do. That's why you was talking about when you get up to preach mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the Lord just nudges it a little bit and he says, you know, you have to change it. That means if I'm stubborn and I go ahead and preach what I wanted to do, if it's grounded in the Word of God, it's still the Word of God. That's right. That's why you need to preach, teach everything Amen. from the Word of God. Can I share a quote here? C.S. Lewis said, A man can no more diminish God and God's glory, God's truth. Listen, a man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship him than a lunatic can put out the sun by writing the word (laughs) darkness on the walls of his cell. C.S. Lewis, there he goes again. He does it. Yeah, I I mean, so here's the thing. Truth exists. Uh, When Pilate said, uh, you know, what is truth? And, and I wonder if people ponder, um, how much truth can I let into my life but not at the same time compromise my own agenda? See, truth can be scary because if we're honest and if we're thorough mm-hmm. in our pursuit of truth, we're going to have to subordinate our agenda. But I'm telling you, our agenda, which is at least partially, if not totally, false— is, is worth letting go of for God's truth, which is complete reality and salvation. Amen. You know, before the break, we were talking about measurements and how it has to be absolute. You know, how, how do you know three feet or three feet? You get out a yardstick. And I was alluding to the chains on the side of the football field that are 10 yards long. And you don't know how important. We, we were also talking about perspective. You know, as far as the perspective of, of seeing a splinter versus a log, you know, which of the which end we're on of that. And so it's one of those things that when we do that, when we see that, uh, that's where it comes down to like the referee. The referee is not absolute. OK, he can place the ball at, at a certain spot and he can call for a first down. But the coach can say, wait a minute, let's double check that. Yeah. And they bring those chains out on the field. And you've heard an inch is as good as a mile. You know, <laughs> if you miss by an inch, you've missed by a mile. Well, if it's fourth down and you have not gotten that first down, 
it becomes the other team's yeah, ball. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah. how that's why it's important to know where we're rooted, where our teachings are rooted, how we how we are built upon the knowledge and as Timothy said, you know, the instruction and in, in the absolute word of God. Um in Ephesians Paul talks about this in in the like manner. Um and in verse 14 there of chapter 4 well, let me back up. Let me go back to number 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church in the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In other words, that measurement chain being absolute, that we will measure up. Then we will... Then, after we do this, after we've measured up, Paul goes on to say in verse 14, then we'll be no longer immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body. The church. Does this sound like something God's equipping us to do? Does it sound like we are equipped and that God has given us the equipment we need to tell people about him? Mm. Yes, absolutely. If we allow him to use us and his Holy Spirit to empower and grow us and his word to instruct us, we're equipped. Right. We now, what are we to do with equipment? I think Paul said that to Timothy now. Notice this. We're talking about Paul, who was taught at the feet of Gamaliel, and then three years in Arabian desert of the Lord. And then he comes back, and on his second missionary journey, he comes across this young disciple named Timothy. And Timothy would be in his school for quite a bit of time, learning how to minister and to equipping him. And then at Paul's last letter, Second Timothy that he wrote, he writes it to Timothy, and he says this in Second Timothy chapter two, verse two, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Do you see that equipping? Mm-hmm. Paul says, Timothy, God has equipped me. God and I have equipped you. You and, equi- and others equip faithful men, and those faithful men continue to do what? Equip others. Amen. It is That's what the church is all about. And Alex has said this so well during this uh, study of 12 indisputable truths, the ministry of the church for this to happen. That's why small groups are so important. That's Mm -hmm. why being involved with other people are so important, that you are equipping others. And guess what? You're being equipped. If you really want to learn, guess what you should do? Become a teacher. But okay, that that's true. It is that so is really true. true. And and I I saw this, okay, when I first started pastoring and I was young, guys, you know, and I'd okay, I'd I'd had a semester at Blue Mountain College and then all of a sudden I'm I'm in there and I have having to preach every Sunday, mm. Sunday night, Wednesday night, and 
listen, digging in, digging in. It was called. It was a requirement. I had to dig in. I learned more during those years than I could ever dream. I learned a lot at Blue Mountain College while I was there those years, but I learned a lot more in the Word, in digging in the Word. But having those teachers at Blue Mountain and my uh, friend, you know, ministry friends at Blue Mountain helped me to shape what I was reading at home. It works together. The equipping is, is as it said in, in Ephesians 4, he used apostles. He used the prophets. Uh, he used the others to help equip me. It wasn't a one-size-fits-all. Right. It's equipping for each job that God has for you. You know, before we could take so many Bible classes online, you know, from folks like Logos Bible Software, uh, from folks, uh, you know, I think of Liberty University, you know, and, and these different places that you can go, and online you can take these different classes. Well, many years ago, we were, the church I was with was part of a, uh, affiliated with a Christian university, and they would send us their material to teach so that we could then, you know, the, the people in the church that wanted to take those classes, they could have class credit for that. So in getting ready to teach some of these classes, my pastor said, hey, I'd like you to help with this. Be happy to, you know, whatever I can do. And he said, well, I've got Old Testament survey, and I've got Romans. And he said, which of those would you rather teach? What's the third option? And I said, Pastor, I believe I'd like to teach Romans. And the pastor said, well, I'd like you to teach Old Testament survey. And you were talking about the best way to learn is to become a teacher. Let me tell you what, brother. You could find out real quick that my depth of knowledge of Old Testament survey was not what it ought to be. You know, it, it was one of those cases where the creek was a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. And so, uh, but you do, that. that's how you begin to learn some of those things. And those are life lessons that I remember. You know, you got to be careful what you ask for. That's right. And I, and I wonder if I had asked, man, I'd really like to teach Old Testament survey if I'd have gotten Romans instead. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow, you never know. <laughs> hey, you know, in Third John, that's just one of those little 14 verses. You know, there's the Gospel of John, but then go near the end of the New Testament. There's first, second, and third John. And uh, John talks about his children, and he calls himself the elder because, you know, by the time of the end of the New Testament, he would have been the last living apostle and older, you know. But he says, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, even as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. You know, so those people he's invested in, they're staying with the stuff, and that's Mm. great rejoicing. But you guys are right in that, look, we are equipped. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, The Spirit works within us. Uh, We can take on assignments that we, we tell ourselves this is beyond us. I can't do this. And it's true, in and of ourselves, we can't. But if you want to get equipped yourself, then get in a position where you've got to help equip others mm. and um, teaching Old Testament survey, teaching Old Testament survey <laughs> or, or whatever. But here's the thing that you may not realize. God might use you as a catalyst to influence and motivate somebody else that may go far beyond something that you do, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
I've been around a lot of seminary professors, uh, one of whom was Norm Geisler. Uh, Dr. Geisler, great man. He's in heaven now. But, you know, I think about this. His students were Ravi Zacharias, Josh McDowell, uh, a guy named William Lane Craig. I don't know if you know that name, but Bill Craig is just a brilliant guy. Um, People like Mark Middleberg, myself, Gary Habermas. I, I don't know if you know all these names, but these guys are some of the pillars of apologetics. I mean, you think about teaching Josh McDowell and Ravi Zacharias. Uh, that's not a bad day's work. William Lane Craig, Gary mm-hmm. Habermas. Um, you know, God's used me in apologetics. William Lane Craig, one of the most brilliant scholars alive. And Norm, um, he never dreamed. He was a guy he couldn't read till he was he was about to graduate high school and had still not learned to read. But God used him. And, and Dr. Geisler and his uh, progeny are a... Uh, one example. But here's the thing. Walking in truth. Friend, you have no idea how God is going to use you. Uh, It's been said we purchase our tomorrows today. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I guess I get kind of introspective near the dawn of the new year. We kind of wrap up one year and we flip the calendar. And right now might be a time that we all of us in the spirit of stewardship and, and we say, Lord, Thank you that you've indwelt me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you've equipped us. Thank you that you will, in this new year, God will give you opportunities to serve the gospel. Mm-hmm. So let's do the most, you know, Second Timothy 1, 6, stir up the gift in you, which really means kindle the flame, nurture that fire, and let's be used and let's commit ourselves since we've been equipped Let's be a tool in the hand of the master to be used for the sake of the gospel. You know, as you think about being equipped, you got to look at the equipment, what he's given us. Right. The armor of God uh, in Ephesians, we have the armor of God. What, to make us look good? That armor is not made for us to strut and look good. Now, you know they have the military on parade Right. And, it, man, it looks good. Those men, they're marching in rhythm. They're marching in line. Those turns are crisp as they can be. Is that the purpose of the military? No, that's not the purpose of the uniform. It's not the purpose, but it's different. But that equipment is to be used. And when we come back, I'd love to talk a little bit about the equipment that God has given us wherewith we are equipped. Well, and, and also to add to that, I also want to make sure that we take and we talk about what we do with the equipment. That and more as Exploring the Word continues on AFR. had a very merry Christmas and that you enjoyed spending some time together over this past weekend. Uh, I hope, let's see, I hope you got what you wanted, but if you didn't, give it a couple of days before you take it back and save yourself some time in the return line at whatever store you may have gotten your gift from. Well, this is Exploring the Word. I'm Jim Stanley with Bert Harper and Alex McFarland. 
And we have been talking about uh, 12 indisputable truths. And we came by these from the Dayspring and Tyndall House Publishing. Uh, They sent us some Bibles, and the Bible is the Hope and Encouragement Bible. And guys, as I mentioned before, it is the full Bible. It's the whole thing. Uh, It has 52 full-page devotionals. And it also, and by the way, so you think about 52 full-page devotionals, if you did one of those a week, that'd make pretty good devotion for 2022, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. It also has over 250 reflective day spring inspirations. How many? Uh, 250. Okay. And so um, those are just little nuggets. You know, you've seen perhaps some of the day spring calendars and, and some of the memes perhaps that are out there. Uh, and so that's what those are, some of the inspirational nuggets that go along with the scriptures you may be in. But the truths we've been talking about thus far, you are loved, you're not alone, you are known, you are important, you are forgiven, you are special, you have purpose, you, have, you are held, and you are equipped is the one we're talking about today. And if you haven't heard any of these, I really would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast at AFR.net. And if you only listen to one, I want to be want to be real clear about this. If you only choose to listen to one of those, listen to You Are Forgiven. Amen. Mm-hmm. Especially as we go into 2022. You are forgiven. If you have if you have confessed your sins to Christ, you have repented from your ways, and you've asked him to come into your life as Savior. You are forgiven. Don't let Satan steal that from you, especially as you reflect on some of the things you may have done in the past. Brother Bert, we were talking about equipping today, and you are equipped, and you were talking about some equipment that we need. Yeah, the equipment uh, that we need in our day is the armor of God. And again, I made the reference that it wasn't to make us look good. Uh, It wasn't made for us to impress others. But listen to what it's for. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm. It sounds like war, Alex, a war. And so this armor is for battle. It's not for a parade, although in a parade it might look good. And let me read it real quickly. We wrestle against all these, but let's talk about the equipment and be able to do that. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, that which you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, fully equipped for battle. Uh, now, I, I've, I've been a Civil War, I wouldn't call it a buff aficionado, but a person interested in all that. And, and what took place a lot in the battles was equipment that some of the soldiers did not have. When you don't have the proper equipment, you can't hardly, it's very difficult, I better say that correctly, it's very difficult to fight the battle. Mm -hmm. God has fully equipped the follower of Jesus Christ with all he needs for the battle against the wiles of Satan. Well, you know, in Ephesians 6.11, the word translated wiles, W-I-L-E-S, you know, putting on the whole armor of God, 
Uh, and by the way, let me say this. As we begin a new year, um, maybe in your scriptural toolkit, one of the things you need to pack for the journey of the next year is uh, Ephesians 6. We, we ought to um, maybe we could do a show, fellas, about scriptures, you know, tools for the toolkit, and Ephesians 6 might be one of them. But the word translated wiles, it really means the, the word in the Greek is methods. Mm-hmm. See, spiritual mm-hmm. warfare, you got to understand this, folks. The devil is not just rampantly out there slash and burn. Um, the wiles of the devil, it really means organized schemes. Scheming is the word. Schemes. And, and the, the Greek word is li- literally methods. Satan is, he's very organized. Now, darkness and evil and m- maliciousness, but Satan is not stupid. It, it's organized. But what do we have? Well, we've got the wisdom of Almighty God. We've got the indwelling Holy Spirit. We're sealed. We're secure. If, if we will walk in the Spirit and live and minister and, yes, even battle on our knees, interceding, you know, living by the Word of God, we are victorious. Jim, you've read uh, Romans, how we are more than conquerors. Mm -hmm. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But you must understand, um, as, as Bill Bright of Campus Crusade said, you know, God has a plan for your life. Satan has a plan for your life. And, and you can have self and sin on the throne, or you can have Christ the Savior on the throne. And um, we don't share these things for people to be paranoid or right. obsessively fearful. Look, you are secure in Christ. You are victorious in Christ. God is in control. You're protected in Christ. You're guided and sustained and upheld by Jesus Christ. But don't think that just because um, you've been born again, the devil's going to just walk away and say, oh, okay, I'll leave him alone. No. no, he doesn't do that, does he? Yeah. Um, Spurgeon, was it Spurgeon that threw an inkwell at the devil one time? Uh, you know, that he just felt like the, the devil was nipping at his heels, and he, in the name of Jesus, rebuked the devil, but threw an inkwell at him one Amen. time. Because Satan sometimes is a tenacious persistent foe sometimes, isn't he? He is, but the notice this. The first item that is listed in this armor, in this equipment, is what we're talking about, indisputable truths, mm-hmm. is truth. Gird your waist with truth. Have you noticed how many things are attached to the to the to the waist girdle that goes around? The breastplate and that they they attach. The the uh then the sword is attached to that. If it's not attached to truth, if it doesn't start with truth, guys, it's going to end up failing you. Mm. Truth never fails. It wins out. It is settled in heaven. And so here here this is. This equipment that God is giving you is for this war. It is against him because we are able to. I didn't read verse 13. I want to go back and read that. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Notice the word withstand. You're always going to that. It means take on. We're able to take on all the methods, the schemes Mm -hmm. of the devil. When we have the armor of God and we're armored and we're equipped, 
we're able. We don't have to live in that fear that we were talking about, right. Jim, that we can withstand. The worst he can throw at us cannot overtake us. And, the, you know, as you were talking about the equipment and, and things there in the armor of God, uh, he gives us the sword as an offensive weapon, and he gives us the shield as a defensive weapon. Mm. But at the same time, there are times that the shield can also be used as offense. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he equips us perfectly with his word. And then we were talking about we during this segment, uh, being equipped, we wanted to talk about what we're supposed to do with that equipment. Well, if you follow this scripture down a little more, and it, after it talks about the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, what are we supposed to do? Praying always with prayer, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for myself. Pray, watching. <laughs> is that is that what it, for myself? Is that what okay? It says? Let me say my version says for all the saints. For all the saints. Is that and how that's and, different? Than and it. <laughs> you've been a preacher a long time. What does all mean? All means all. All in means the Greek, all. In the Greek or Hebrew, it means all. <laughs> yes. And you know, I say that tongue in cheek a little bit, but so oftentimes we think that this armor of God is just for ourselves, but it's not. Sometimes your brother may have stumbled, your sister may have stumbled, and you need to cover them with your shield to help them back up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. And then as we go on and read that just a little more, Paul says, and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The wiles of the devil is trying to keep you from being able to do that. That's right. That's the whole idea. Exactly. Uh, praying for all the saints. Listen, if, you, if you're selfish and it's all about you, you won't do that. It's all, it's, it's, can I say for the believer, it's not just all about you? That's right. You know, in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Okay, armor is a collective general word, and so is wiles or schemes. But look down there at 16. Above all, take the shield of faith. That's a specific piece Mm -hmm. of the armor that you may be able to quench the fiery darts. The word darts there is really ammunition, specific. The devil has ammunition. What, What are some, I think, one of Satan's most potent ammunition is discouragement. Discouragement, guilt. Yeah. And and so look, 11 and 16 of Ephesians 6, generally and specifically, God has equipped you for victory. God has, has programmed success and victory and overcoming. And, and think of any of the, you know, just, uh, well, victory is what it is. We conquer in Christ. Generally, specifically, um, Satan's going to fire some darts at you. He's got discouragement. He's got temptation. He's got pride even, envy, um, even just a sense of futility or, or just deadness or even fatigue. And so, there. look, you can contribute to your victory in Christ. Um, let me say this. Don't 
neglect looking after yourself, hmm. you know? And so whether it's rest or whether it's just uh, eating right, living right, doing right, reading the Word, investing in your spiritual growth, we know the victory is in Christ's strength. But, Bert, am I right? we got to do our part of this equation too, don't we? It's not just wearing the equipment, okay? Yeah. It's the equipment you put on. Let's Let's take this. We're to put on Christ. You remember what it right. says? Paul would use this analogy again and again, but he'd say put off the old and put on the new. Uh, and I'm glad that that new man, it talks about the new man that we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess what? You, you already said it. We fight against a trinity, sin, self, and Satan. Right. Now, wow. uh, yeah. those three are our enemies. Self wants it my way. Sin wants to drag us down into a pit. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we are armored with the armor of God to be able to defeat, guess what? Not just Satan, but self. We we don't, we can't, have you ever heard of self-talk? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't mean to make much of that, but as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if we're defeating self, we're going to have to think on truth, meditate on the Word of God. And with sin, guess what you have to do most of the time? You have to avoid it. You have to flee it, flee youthful lust, turn away from it, go around it. Uh, you know, if you have an issue with alcohol and there's a, there's a, a uh, liquor store on your way to work, and it's a temptation every time. Sometimes, guess what you do? Go home a different way. I don't yeah. care if it does take you longer. You avoid it. Go by not. Go, do not go by it. And so God's given us what we need to defeat sin, self, and Satan. You know, guys, uh, we're coming to the close of this segment. And as we've talked about equipped, uh, we, we look back at the different scriptures and we see the different things. I would caution Christians to do one thing. As they put on that armor of God, know how to use it. <laughs> know what the armor's for. If you go swinging a sword haphazardly, you may injure yourself. If you go slinging a shield around haphazardly, you may have it out of place when those darts come forward. And we know that the sword of the Lord is what? It's his word, which brings us back full circle to Second Timothy chapter 3. Verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know, uh, Jim, you mentioned in Ephesians 6 where it said praying and watching for the saints. Right. But then Paul says, and pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly for the message of the gospel. Amen. Okay, we're to pray, we're to watch, we're to speak, utter. We are ambassadors of that saving truth. Absolutely. As we get ready for the new year, you're equipped. And God has made us able ministers for the ministry of reconciliation. What a task we have. What a joy to carry out that task with the equipment of God. Amen. And lastly, use that equipment to fulfill the Great Commission. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley for Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. And we'll see you again tomorrow here on American Family Radio.